Okay, so help a preacher out this morning, okay? You ready? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Now look around the room. Is anybody's face not showing it? <clears throat> Wet willy, do something. Get them excited about being here. Today, we continue in our series, Shining Like a Light Bulb. We actually wrap it up today. And uh, we've been looking at how we can be more like Jesus in the world around us. How we can let our light shine before men, that they may see our good works, but glorify our Father who is in heaven. Here's what we believe. It's a crazy thing here at 1910. We believe that for those of us that have asked Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior, we believe that he's planted his spirit within us, and we in turn are to look like and be more like Jesus in the world around us. Is that not awesome or novel? I'm incredible, isn't it? Yeah. But here's the deal. We didn't make that up, and that's not just unique for people that worship in this house. In fact, the Bible says that, right? Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, you're salt and light, right? But you are like a city set on a hill, says. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a stand. No, you put a light on a, a, a stand so it gives light to everyone in the house. And then here it is in verse 16. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works, but glorify your Father in heaven. So here's the deal. Through the lives we live, people ought to get a clearer picture as to who Jesus is. How did you do this week? Anybody screw up? Let me see your hands. Awesome. The rest of you are liars. Yeah, it's hard sometimes, isn't it? But nonetheless, we have been given the spirit of Christ, not so that we can walk around and say, look at who I am. I'm looking at my giftings and blah. No, we're to put Jesus on display. We're to give people a picture as to who Christ is. Amen. So that's what this series has been all about. If you've missed the previous five sermons, they, weren't, they were okay, but you can listen online. But we wrap it up here today talking about what I believe could just be the very one that keeps so many people from wanting the Jesus that we profess, so many of us in this room that, we possess, that, that possesses us. And it's this idea of, of we're going to look at humor today. And it, I think it's okay. I want to give you permission right now. It's okay for us to laugh, isn't it, in life? But I also believe it's okay for us to laugh and have a good time at church, isn't it? Well, why, why, why in all of the venues and all of our culture would we walk into a place like this where we get to worship the Lord and sing our guts out? We can lift our hands. I'm telling you, did you see men singing anywhere else this week like what you just saw? No. You see anybody at, at, at the Flying Saucer singing like that this week? Oh my. <laughs> Did anybody at your job, ladies, any other man just walk around singing, bless the Lord? Oh, no. We ought to be able to come into a place like this and have a good time. It, it ought to be fun. This ought to be a life-giving environment. Listen, I, I hope that you came in here ready today. I've had a Frappuccino and I'm ready. We ought to be able to enjoy life, amen? We ought to be able to laugh. I think Jesus enjoyed laughter. I, I think he and his Father in heaven still enjoy laughter because they look at us 
and see who we are and what we do. Anybody with me? In in fact, I, I found something interesting for you. According to a recent study, 15 minutes of daily laughter is good for the heart, they say. Because it's like exercise, it makes blood vessels work more efficiently. 15 minutes of laughter. In fact, I read another interesting thing. It says that at the age of four is when you're at your peak laughter age or whatever. You laugh the most at the age of four. Something happens at age five and it's a downhill spiral (laughs) after that, you know. Um, But 15 minutes of laughter. Studies show are good for you. It, it, it's good for your, it, your, your, your blood vessels. So it's okay to laugh. It's good to laugh. It's good to have a sense of humor. It's good to enjoy life. And sadly, I think so many of us that call ourselves Christ followers, we're not doing these things. (laughs) And so for those who don't know our Jesus, they look at us who have Jesus and they see how we look and how we act and how we don't have fun. And they're like, why in the world would we want what you have? I'm okay, thank you, right? Remember what I shared with you last week about the seminary professor teaching his class of pastors When you speak of heaven, he said, your face should become alive and bright and vibrant. When you speak of hell, well, your ordinary face will do. And that's how so many of us walked in today. We look like hell. Don't we? We go to work looking that way. We're at HEB pushing our cart gluten-free, and we're just, we don't look happy. Folks, listen, we've been given Jesus. Is there any other greater gift? Come on. We, we, we've been given life, and we need to look like it. So if you're not looking like it, fake it for me for the next few moments, please. The Bible says that it's okay to laugh. You know that, right? Ecclesiastes, I know the number one book in all your daily devotional readings. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. There's a time to cry and a time to? There's a time to grieve and a time to? That's right. There's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. There's a time to embrace. And there's a time when people have bad breath to just turn away. Amen. (laughs) Praise Jesus. It's okay to laugh. And I believe that it's okay to come into this house each week. And laugh. I think it's definitely okay to come in here and grieve as well. And to be honest, it's okay to come in here and dance. Amen. That's why we have Shrek down front every Sunday, the official mascot in 1910. I love that. It's time for all of those things. I want to give you permission as Christ followers to enjoy life to its fullest. You know, when I, when I travel uh, overseas, like to Indonesia or, 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 or Guatemala, uh, I don't speak their language so well. In fact, I have a hard time hearing Bernie speaking my own language, you know, Texan. I, I have a hard time uh, with, with, with my own language sometimes. But, but when I travel overseas, it, it's really not difficult. It really becomes easy to communicate with the people there because by nature, they are, they are very warm and, and, and they're very friendly people. And I found two things true of, of every Christian I've ever met. 
whether that be across the street or whether that be across the ocean, especially the people in Indonesia and Guatemala. They love to sing. In Africa, man, we sing for hours. We sweat profusely, but we're still going to sing. And they love to laugh. They love to sing. They love to, everywhere I've gone, from, from the islands of Lake Victoria to Ambon, Indonesia, to Tekpan, Guatemala, they love to laugh. We, we sang together. We, we trade stories. We, we tell jokes. We, we share a great laugh. They laugh at me a lot. My fractured language, the, the little kids in, in, in Africa, you know, they're smooth Smooth skin and smooth head. I like that part, but, but they've never seen Sasquatch live and in person. And so they'll come and just like grab the hair on my arm and things like that and just giggle and laugh. And boom, I spook them every once in a while like that and they run off, but they come back. They laugh at me a lot and, and, and I laugh at them too. They're cute. They're sweet. I mean, those pictures of kids hanging up in our, in our atrium today, wouldn't you just love to just grab them all and just oh, kiss their cheeks? Take them home with you. By the, by, you know, by the way, I mean, it's, it's a universal language. People love to laugh. Everybody gets it. Everybody understands it. Stories, my language I try to use. I mean, I, I'm trying to, I, I told a lady just, just recently in, in, in Indonesia. Uh, I was thinking that I was telling her she looked beautiful, but I called her a dead horse. <laughs> Kudamata. In, 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 in uh, Indonesia means dead horse. It's interesting. I led a youth rally at the church of Kudamata, the church of the dead horse. They thought I was weird. That's weird. I said, ma'am, I said, ma'am you're Kudamata. She's like, of course, the interpreters are rolling out laughing at me. I'm going, what, what? I said, pastor, you called her a dead horse. Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, sorry. Um, but my, here's, my, my travels have taught me that laughter is a universal language. No, no matter where you go, if you have a, a sense of humor uh, about life, I, I believe you can go anywhere on earth and, and you can have a good time. Someone once said that laughter is the shortest point between two people. I believe it's the best way to break the ice. I, I believe it's, it's the best way to, to cut the tension in a room. I, I, I think laughter is good at settling a quarrel. Just call somebody a dead horse and see how that, that works next time. I, I believe that laughter can liven up a, a, a boring meeting. That's why I slip things in on you guys every once in a while because I get bored up here sometimes and and it's interesting. Hey, thank you for remembering out of all of my points last Sunday's sermon, somebody just remembered, I want to rock, Twisted Sister. Thank you. That out of all the things that I studied and prepared for, that's the thing you remember the most. It means a lot. But laughter is a universal language that needs no translator. We all love to laugh. And when you see somebody else laugh, doesn't it just put a smile on your face? Well, today's Mother's Day. We all have a mother or have had a mother. And we thought that there are probably, this is probably a topic and some things that moms could relate to. Mom, see if you can relate to anything that you're about to see. I uh, asked some of the ladies of this house to send me some, some fun stories. And I've got some stories from some of you 
that I want to share. Now, I've changed the names to protect you and your family, and so I won't mention names, but, uh, but, but here, here's one. Um, I was changing a dirty diaper, and when I finished, my son stood up and gave me a high five and said, good job, mama. <laughs> That's important to do a job well, right? Uh, our younger son was in the eighth grade and taking a class in nutrition. At the same time, as a family, we were studying about the Holy Spirit. And so I asked him why he should take care of himself. And he said, quote, we should take care of ourselves because our bodies are a pyramid. A pyramid? Needless to say, we had to talk more about being a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's good, isn't it? There's nothing like getting to lead your child to Jesus Christ, right? I just didn't ever visualize it being while she was in the bathtub and I was on the toilet. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Can you imagine that kid's testimony? So do you remember where you were when you gave your life to Jesus? Yeah, I do. My mom was sitting. It's awesome. Mine doesn't seem as dramatic now. My husband and I are trying to lose weight. We weighed in front of our kids one day. My in-laws came over for dinner. My oldest proceeded to tell them how much I weigh. Very embarrassing. Awesome. My eight-year-old son said the following to me. Mommy, male seahorses are the only males that can have babies. And females, well just shrugged their shoulder and walked away. (laughs) I did not know that until I read this, by the way. Interesting. I learned something at church today. Amen. My three-year-old son likes to watch on TV, Walter, Texas Reindeer. That's Walker, Texas Ranger. Walter, Texas Reindeer. Love that. My two-year-old daughter knows that mommy likes to go to Starbucks. Awesome. A six-year-old son having a conversation with his mom. Six-year-old boy says, Mom, look, a rainbow. And he points to a rainbow in the sky. The mom says, Oh, yeah, it's so beautiful. Do you know why there is a rainbow in the sky? totally intending to teach God's promise to never flood the earth again or teach about Noah or the ark. Little six-year-old boy, yeah. The sun hits the water droplets from the rain and makes beautiful colors that reflect to our eyes. It's good. That's gifted and talented right there, GT. Harvard. That's awesome. Little boy. Reading a book with his mom, little boy says, a storm is coming, monotone voice. Mom, you see those exclamation points? That means you need to say it with excitement or yell, son. Okay, mom, now read it again, son. Exclamation points! Don't you love kids? They're fun. They make life more fun, don't they? Have there ever been a time, though, you wish you could sell them in the garage sale? Yeah. 
or send them home with somebody else. In fact, I was talking to our kids staff. Our kids staff are going to keep your kids till 10 o'clock tonight, so you're off and we're done. <laughs> okay, your kid is like sitting next to you. You can't leave him with us, so Tony. Okay, anyway, uh, it's okay to laugh, whether that be in a video or stories. Hey, listen, I just need to let you know, it may surprise you, that even some of God's greatest saints loved to laugh. Martin Luther said this, if you aren't allowed to laugh in heaven, I don't want to go there. He, he also went on to say, if, if the earth is fit for laughter, then surely heaven is filled with it. Heaven is the birthplace of laughter. Like that. Great English preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon laughed so much when a parishioner reproached him for, for using too much humor in his sermon. Dr. Spurgeon replied, if only you knew how much I held back. <laughs> like that. C.S. Lewis, you ever heard of him? C.S. Lewis used to say that his favorite sound in all the earth was the hearty male laughter. <laughs> it's okay to laugh. It's good. Doesn't it make life Better? Makes life better. And by the way, can, can you name the first two people recorded in the Bible who laughed? If you're here earlier, don't answer. Anybody know? First two people. Sarah and Abraham, right? Yeah. Remember, they laughed at God in the book of Genesis when they heard that, that, that they were going to have a baby in their old age. Abraham near the age of 100. You ever seen that happen? You probably would laugh a little, wouldn't you? They thought God was playing a joke on them. Look what Sarah said in, in, in Genesis 21. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. I mean, who couldn't look at elderly Sarah holding her infant son? And, and wouldn't you giggle? Can't you just like, man, it's so good to see your grandma at your graduation. Uh, it's my mom. <laughs> Sorry, you know. Or, hey, it's nice of your sister to bring orange slices to the soccer game at halftime. No, it's, it's my mom. You know, yeah. Giggled. You'd laugh too. It's okay to laugh. It's okay for us to have a sense of humor. It's okay for us to have fun. In fact, I, I, I take it that laughter is, is one of God's gifts to the human race. Because I think it keeps us from taking life too seriously. Don't, don't we just need to laugh sometimes? I mean, things just happen. And, and sometimes it, it's good just to kind of laugh about it. Um, someone once said it this way. If you don't learn to laugh at trouble, you won't have anything to laugh at when you grow old. Yeah. You know, if my mom was here today, she probably would have written a note and a story about me riding naked on my big wheel through the neighborhood. Isn't that fun? Interesting. Yeah, you got to laugh at something. And she loves to tell that. Sitting with her, her girlfriends at Luby's, she loves to tell that stuff. It's good to laugh. It makes life easier. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there's a time to laugh. There's a time to laugh. And laughter, I believe, is a blessing from God. Especially as we consider the world in which we live in, right? It's difficult, and it's hard, and it's ugly. 
And if we're not careful, we can let the things of this world begin to weigh in and press on us far too much, can't we? And we can lose our sense of laughter, our sense of joy. I love what the psalmist writes in Psalm chapter 126, verse 2. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And then look what the other nations did. They were amazed by the things the Lord had done for them. These people, the, the, the children of Israel that had a difficult time. And now people returning back to their homeland, to the Lord. And they're filled with laughter. They're filled with joy. What amazing things the Lord has done for them. I'm just wondering if we laughed a little more or if we smiled a little bit more, if we had a little bit more fun in life, how that might not be a testimony to others as to the change that Jesus can bring in someone's life. Crickets. I'm a former baseball player, old baseball player, as you can tell. And, and, and growing up as a baseball player, a lot of great, great, greats before us that we, we love. I, I'm a New York Yankees fan. I'm sorry. I love the Yankees. I love, it's all right. It's all right. Um, I, I, I love the Yankees. And one, and one of the greatest Yankees ever was, was uh, Yogi Berra. And, uh, and Yogi was, 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 had this wry sense of humor, and, and, and he's left people laughing for decades. And, and, and there are so many Yogi-isms that, that we still use. Say, for instance, he's, Yogi said this, never answer an anonymous letter. <laughs> Think about it. It'll come to you, sir, I promise. Never answer an anonymous letter. Yogi said, I usually take a two-hour nap from one to four. <laughs> he also said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. <laughs> it's good. Yogi also said, I really didn't say everything I said. Some of you, that's all you're going to remember. That's okay. It's all right. Laughter. It's a great gift. And by the way, doctors are finding that the Bible is right. They're finding that laughter truly is good medicine. The doctors are telling us that not only are there emotional benefits to laughing, but there are physical benefits as well. Laughter is medicine for a broken heart. It is. In fact, I love what it says in the book of Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. Proverbs 17, 22 says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Hey, there are too many believers walking around with sapped strength. We are. We need to laugh a little bit. A cheerful heart. It's good medicine. Laughter lifts your spirits. Doctors are attesting to the incredible discrepancy even between patients with a sense of humor versus those who are weighed down by fear. But both patients may experience the same pain. They, they may experience the same inconveniences. They may even experience the same diagnosis. Yet doctors will tell us that the one whose heart is filled with joy can experience a greater degree of healing. I've seen this played out as, 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 as I, there was a, there's a gentleman in our church that, that, that I took to some of his radiation treatments during cancer. And, and, and I'll never forget the doctor telling me this, 
that, that, that those cancer patients that have a support system around them, people that will encourage them and, and cheer them on, make them laugh, lift their spirits, they respond better to the treatments than those who have no one. And, and, and they can tell when someone walks in. If people walk in with, with someone smiling or an entourage versus that person that just kind of shuffles in by themselves for their treatment. I mean, doctors will tell us this. Listen, God heals ailments in many different ways, including what I believe are the medicine of joy, the medicine of cheerfulness, and this medicine of laughter. Hey, hey can I just rock your world with something today? This, this is, I don't know, I don't know how no one has ever thought of this before. Are you ready? Christianity is joyful. It ought to be fun. I just felt like I hit puberty with one. It ought to be fun. You ought to be able to have a good time. Joy is good for your health. Think about the people you like being with. Do you like hanging out with sour, dour-faced people? Eeyore, just give me an Eeyore, that's all. No. You want to be around somebody that's joyful. You want to be around somebody that is life-giving, not life-taking or sucking. No, you want somebody joyful, don't you? I mean, isn't that just like our heavenly father? He, he uses something as great as laughter to help us stay healthy. Try it. Laugh a little. Laugh a little. Humor can actually be a healing agent. And so here's my counsel to us today. Look for opportunities to laugh. And don't take yourself so Seriously, don't. God has a sense of humor, and so should we. He does. So when I let you out here in just a few minutes to go to brunch at Tapatio or wherever you're going, somebody said, church's chicken. I'm going to buy a bucket and throw a blanket out. It's a picnic. Look, have, have fun. I'm not dissing churches. I like it with the bones. Amen. Um, have fun. Look excited. Guys, listen. Christianity ought to be joyful. But here's how so many of us are. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's how we are. Do you not realize what has been deposited in you? Do you not understand what your inheritance is? Do you not know who is on your side? And if God is for us, who can be against us? Come on. Christianity is joyful. And it's good for us to have joy. Some people think that Jesus was, was so serious. How do we get that? I know how. It's because of all those photos they snapped of him when he was living. There's no Instagram back then and you couldn't, Jesus never took a selfie and we don't know. And 
I, I just think that Jesus had a sense of humor. I think he laughed. So many people think he never laughed. In fact, I'm going to get hate mail because of this sermon. That's okay. He, some people think he never laughed. He was always so serious. But I think he had a sense of humor. Now listen, you're never going to find it recorded in the gospel accounts that Jesus laughed. You're not. We're going to find that he wept, right? At least on three occasions we know of. You're never going to find that Jesus laughed, some big belly laugh with his buddies or with people. But yet Jesus knew the scriptures, didn't he? In fact, hello, wasn't he the walking, living scripture? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Don't you think he knew what Ecclesiastes 3, 4, and 5 were going to say? Long before it was written in the Holy Bible, don't you think he knew Don't you think he knew there was a time to laugh and a time to grieve? He knew that. I mean, he knew that passage from Ecclesiastes. He he knew in Luke chapter 10 that that after he he sent out the 72 of his followers on a mission, they they returned and had given their report. We we, we read that, that Jesus said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And at that time, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, the next verse says, I praise you, Father. In my own mind, I don't see it a stretch to envision Jesus laughing. I mean, think about the disciples. What, what, who were they before he chose them? They were fishermen. Do you think fishermen have some dirty, crass stories and jokes to tell? And listen, when they dropped their nets and followed him immediately, Don't think that their mind was immediately deleted from all of their stories. I still think there was some bunk being told around the campfire. I I, I think that there were some things going on around the campfire that just, you know, were funny. We don't find that Jesus went to the bathroom, but don't you think that he did? It's not written. He was fully God, yet fully human. Just thinking. But he laughed. And I still think that he has to have a sense of humor. When he looks at you and me and and he says, you know, how many times do I have to tell you this? I've, I've written it down. Won't you read it? But haven't we been over this before? Why do you keep doing that? You're like a dog returning to its vomit. That's funny. But that's how we are, aren't we? And I think sometimes God is like, how many times do we have to deliver you or tell you or say this time and time again? He laughed. I think laughter is, is one of the fruits of joy. Joy being one of the fruit of the Spirit, right? I think laughter is a fruit of joy. Hey, probably in, in the Bible, the person that, that we can had one of the hardest lives, one of the hardest stories of, of, of trial and struggle and difficulty and health issues that we ever read is an Old Testament man by the name of Job. You ever read his story? Think you're having a lousy day? Read Job. Read, read I think, 42 chapters. I think 42. Somebody look it up and correct me if I'm wrong. But, but, but you read the story of Job. and His life is miserable. His health is taken from him. 
his family and his possessions, everybody but his nagging wife, everybody taken from him, his home, he's lost it all, right? His health is so bad, he's hurting so bad, it says he picks up a stone and just kind of scrapes the boils off of him because he just is in so much pain. But yet in Job chapter 8, verse 21, I love what the word of God says. He will once again fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Hey, listen, you might be going through a pickle right now, a difficult time. But can I just remind you something? Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. You just hang on. You just hang on. Because I'm telling you, laughter will return. The joy will come. The joy of the Lord. Oh, man. To every believer, there's given this fruit of the Spirit, including the unexplainable joy that can only come from God. This joy is not only expressed in these times of happiness and accomplishments. It's easy then. But we can have joy also in those deep disappointments. Also in those times in which others hurt us. You see, even in the midst of persecution, there can be joy expressed in the form of laughter. Not because of the pain, but because of the visions and the expressions and the encouragement that are being fed to you. Oh, by the Spirit of God that's been placed in you. He's there. And remember this. Happiness is based on happenings. But joy is based on Jesus. That's why some of you here today, you're missing this. Because you think the stuff around me is what's going to fulfill me and make me happy. But your life is like a roller coaster ride, isn't it? There are times in which you're here because the happenings and the circumstances around you are great. But then there are times in which you're here because those happenings stink and lousy. Please hear my heart. I'm not saying that the Christian life has always lived here. Or is it? Even when life is here, you see, if I have Jesus, there's a joy, oh, that I can never lose. You see, that's what you need. You don't need more happy things. You need Jesus in your life. Because joy comes from him. Amen. Whoo, LOL. Oh, it's good. Healthy laughter. It's good. Laugh out loud, folks. It's a wonderful gift from God. He grants us this ability to to, to laugh out loud at ourselves. I hope your family laughs. Some of you moms can relate to some of those stories I read today, right? It's fun. It's, it's, It's funny. It's not fun being that mom in the toilet. But looking back at it now, oh, I thank God that I had the privilege of being called this little boy's mommy. Oh, ladies, some of the things your men do, you just laugh, right? You just laugh. It's good to have friends that we can laugh with. Hey, I need friends that I can laugh with. I don't want to sit around and talk about the gospels all the time. And about the Sermon on the Mount, I like that stuff. I'm not offended. I mean, I like that. It's not that bad. I love the Bible. I love the things of God. But sometimes it's just good to laugh. Amen? It's good to laugh at each other sometimes. Not in a, a, trying to tear each other down or make us feel insignificant. But it's just good 
to laugh. Next time you laugh out loud, won't you just thank God for that gift? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for the ability to laugh in the midst of whatever you're facing or during a time of celebration or high five, mom, you cleaned me up good today. Thank you. Laugh a little. Thank the Lord for that. Wow. Man, this, this lack of humor in the church is like a plague. Uh, lack of humor in the church uh, apparently, though, has been a problem for a long time. It's not just today where people walk into houses of worship singing about a God that's changed their life and we are the victors and, and, and he's a good father and we're loved by him. Man, that is awesome. But so many people walk in and just there's no joy when you sing those types of, of songs. There's not. I don't get it. It's ought to be the most attractive environment in all of Bernie, Texas, and Comfort, and Kerrville, and Bandera, and Pipe Creek, and Lake Hills. Come on, Lake Hills. Bull Verde. Pipe Creek. Who else? San Antonio. Yeah, we're taking over. This ought to be the most exciting environment in all the world, right? And we don't have to get you soused in order to come in and have a good time and, and smile and laugh. We ought to be drunk on the Holy Spirit, amen, and filled with him. And it ought to be good. But this problem, this problem of of, of a lack of humor or being dour-faced in in places of worship, it's nothing new. I, I found a quote from 1582. This is deep research. Deep. Teresa of Avila in 1582 said this about the church. From somber, serious, sullen saints, this was her prayer. Save us, O Lord. Amen. That's it. Talk about a prayer. Evidently, she saw the same issue. We've been given the spirit of Christ. We are to shine him out like a light bulb. Hey, listen, laughter is a gift from God. Don't be afraid to enjoy it. Laughter is not a sin. We need to lighten up a little bit. In fact, let me remind you of one last verse of Scripture. You you guys are okay with the Bible, right? Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, to make you look dour-faced, to suck the joy and energy out of your life. But Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Listen, there was a reason Jesus was invited to the parties where all the sinners hung out. Do you think if he was dull, boring, and never had fun or a sense of humor, do you think they ever would have invited him to those environments? There was something about him. He was God and he was holy, but he also, there was something about him that even lost people liked. You ever thought about that? I think he could go and and have fun. It depends on what your definition of fun is, but I think Jesus had a good time, and people knew that, and that's why they wanted to be with him. He came, folks, to give us life. Can I just tell you something? I want this church to be the happiest church in all of the world. Man, I want people, when they see us, and not just any church, we ought to be that. We ought to be shining like a light bulb. We have the spirit of Christ within us. Guys, let's put him on display. Let's not keep him hidden any longer. We've done it long enough. Amen? Oh. So today I want to end the same way that we started.
with that old familiar Sunday school song that we all grew up on. But I've changed the words this time. Let's sing it. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. If you're happy and you know it, then it seems your face should show it. If you're happy and you know, tell your face. Amen.